0: Hello, I'm Mike McCorn, and I'm at New York Comic Con. You're listening to 11 O'Clock Comics. Oh,
1: so slick. Oh, fierce. So slick. Fierce like Beyonce up in here. You know when their career begins to take a slide, or a dive, I should say, is when they adopt another name. For everyone but David Bowling. <laughs> I
2: mean Beyonce's on in the middle of a billion dollar tour, so I don't
1: think you Yeah, them. it's his inertia, I think. She just has so many fans that they're just like, Yeah, you wanna go see Beyonce? Yeah, okay. All right. That doesn't sound like that plays into your theory. <laughs> it doesn't. It's just bullshit. It's <laughs> the usual bullshit. Sasha Fierce, dude. I don't understand why in the in the name of all that is sound and reasonable is taylor swift the person of the year why wouldn't she she's, she's absolutely the? Mo- i mean why because she makes gonna... money uh, it, yeah. it, it, well how she yeah. makes money what
2: she's it done money money mean, by, to... yeah by the fact that she's on her way to having a two billion dollar tour that's gonna you know be twice as large as any tour in the history of but music now,
1: now we're giving it we're giving person of the year to to entrepreneurs and people that make money what? Does, oh i think it, if it, you look at the list
2: of the person of the year it's been a lot, it's been all kinds of people over the years we've given it to dictators to politicians to to Wait, okay famous people
1: they that makes sense politicians no, I think it's been
2: it's been i don't think there's any kind of it's it's it's, it's i think it's the person that that's the most significant part of the zeitgeist and i don't know that there's a human being in the developed world that hasn't thought of or spoken the words taylor swift
0: this year She's fucking doing I, concerts at Wembley in June and August next year. It's fucking she's, crazy.
1: She's cute. I like I mean, I like her. I, I just don't think the contribution to society is significant. Entertaining how would that's, you feel, that's significant, yes. Okay, I guess. How would you
0: feel if they went ahead and gave her the role of Dazzler?
1: How would I feel? I think it would be great I mean, for the for the front for the because people would go to see it. Who oh, normally harsh. would not. Yeah, I think yeah. it would be, a, it's a very smart idea. Yeah. I mean, listen, uh, they, they give it to,
2: like, Adolf Hitler was a person of the year, just the record. So, like,
1: mm. they, yeah, they I think they he's give still the, a person yeah, of the yeah, year. Yeah.
2: yeah, I'm saying, like, Anwar Sadat was a person of the year. Like Wasn't Hailey Kissinger? Salassi. Didn't Kissinger get Kissinger it Kissinger was, once? Yep. Yeah, Stalin was, on, was a person of the year twice. Yeah. Vince B so, was a
1: person of the year. You
2: know, I'm just saying, like, like they, they give it to a bunch <laughs> of different yeah. types of
1: peeps. Whether or not they've earned it. Hey, everybody. It's 11. Who do you think the first person here was? Jesus. Come on, dog. <laughs> I don't know. 1927.
2: That's a hint. Uh, Amelia Earhart. Very good. Not it's wrong, but it's, that's right on point,
1: though. Charles Lindbergh. Nice. There we go. Look at you. Hey, everybody. Surprise, surprise. It's 11 o'clock, Comics Episode 883. And I'm your buddy, your friend, Vince B. Aw,
0: you are my buddy and my friend, Vince it's B. I am David A. Price. Ooh. Indeed you are. And of course, I'm Swerve Strickland. Nice.
1: Okay. All right. Whose house? <laughs> but you're not. You're Jason Wood, everybody. Here together again on this good old-fashioned average episode where we're going to do nothing but talk comics. And who brought this to you, as usual? Who? Oh oh oh! Cheap graphic novels? Yes, Mister Horshack. Cheapgraphicnovels dot com. Cheapgraphicnovels dot com. It's in the name. What are you going to get? You are going to get your graphic novels, trade paperbacks, OGNs, manga, omnibus editions, cheaply. Very smart. And once you place an order, and you're going to do that because you're going to be like, holy crap, I've been paying too much. Click. You are going to receive an email confirmation. Thanking you for ordering from CheapGraphicNovels.com. You are going to reply to that email message, and you're going to say, Yeah, I know, but it would never have happened if not for 11 O'Clock Comics. And you will be gifted almost on the spot. I shouldn't say that. You'll be gifted relatively quickly with an email response granting you free shipping on your second order. It's crazy. A lot of savings going Stupid, on. Stupid crazy. I'm sure you're going to be buying somebody presents for Christmas. I don't know. Maybe somebody in your ears. Who knows? But So go, save money, and then you'll save money again. Like what? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. com. Dude, you
2: got me going down a rabbit hole now. I'm looking at all the persons of the year going back to like I'm the year I was born. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's, it's,
0: yeah.
2: I mean. Are you a klemped? It it's first of all, it, it, there's no rhyme or reason to it, and second of all, like some of them, I'm like side eyeing hard,
1: wow. hard,
2: hard. Like all the presidents get it. It seems like they all get it at least once. Like they get their love.
1: Wheat thins. Wheat.
2: <laughs> the Ayatollah Khomeini was a person. of oh, the year. Oh, for real? For real, dude. That's bad. That's dude, a bad the look.
1: Computer was a person of the year. How's that work? <laughs> well, I'm, I'm the computer's probably very, feels very proud.
2: Corazon Aquino was a person of the year.
1: Hmm. The endangered Earth. I mean, come on. Dude. Yeah,
2: that's a. I mean, come on.
1: What's like, up with what?
2: that? Got to give it to T Swizzle. Like both, like both of the popes of our lifetime were, were men of the year. Hmm. Like, like, huh?
1: Got no use for that.
2: Bezos, uh, fucking Elon Musk.
1: Ugh.
2: Fucking yeah. W twice, Reagan twice, Clinton twice. Like all right, we get it Trump yeah. Barack Putin, Putin was the fucking man of the year I mean come uh, on, dude. you, you like, know putin Putin was the man of the year person of the year in 2007, and then Zelensky was man was person of the year two year uh, this year past year like I
1: mean I think one should have a, a rubric, right you, you have to have done something that benefits humanity, makes life on this mud ball better yeah so I, I mean, now it, that I'm you, thinking about it, I get the Taylor Swift thing, because a whole bunch of people love her, so that's great. 2019 was Greta
2: Thunberg. Now listen, I love to say, how dare you, because it's an all-time great meme, but Greta Thunberg had very little impact on the world. It's just we all were quite taken by her speech, because she was a young girl going, going ham on people for destroying the environment. But like, you know, she's like one kid that's, you know,
1: Greta Thunberg. She was in the zeitgeist.
2: That's what I'm saying. So a lot more people talk about Taylor Swift than ever talked about Greta Thunberg. Like, if I walked out and said Greta Thunberg to a random group of people, they'd be like, who's that?
1: I'm going to scream at these random groups of people and tell them what I'm drinking.
2: Oh, you should do that.
1: I am. I won't scream, though. It'll scare them. I'm drinking a whole bunch of old Fezziwig... From Sam Adams, and I have a can left over of the founders, all day haze, session hazy IPA. I think this is the sweeter one, which kind of sucks, but okay. That's all I got. Sounds good. Nice. It is. It's very good. Old Fizzy Wig. Yeah, it's it's gone after these two bottles. Oof. Yeah, gone.
0: But
2: nice. you drinking, uh, I'm drinking up all my love and adoration for you two gentlemen. Oh my goodness!
1: That means he has nothing.
2: I just have water. Mm. H T O. Awesome. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm not. i I've, I've been dehydrated lately. I got to drink more water.
1: Now this is a question. I already know the answer to it, but it's going to break my heart nonetheless. Mm. Water boy. Five star movie. Oh my god. What?
2: Oh, you mean uh, yes, Sandler yes.
1: Thing?
2: Well, you, uh, I will say this, which maybe will, I don't know if it'll please you or, or or not. But of all of the Sandler movies, Waterboy is one of the few that I that I think was okay. Okay, just okay. Yeah, just okay. But like, it doesn't it doesn't make me want to punch him in the face.
1: Get, that's that's good that you yeah. don't want to punch him in the face. No, I do want to punch him in the face. Just that movie in particular doesn't make me want to punch him right. in the face. <laughs> Adam Sandler should be person of the year. They should have oh, gave yeah. it to or him as when as he hasn't been. They should have gave it to him when Uncut Gems came out, because that was a freaking should month. gave it to him with the Hanukkah song. They should have given it to
2: him when he made his comedy album with The Goat in it, which is the great one of the greatest comedy comedy albums of all time. And he's that was his peak.
1: <laughs> oh wow. Okay. So there we go. Dap, what are you he drinking?
2: Just repping hard for Sandler.
1: I, I love him.
0: Always right. and forever. Uh, this is for you, Vince, um, because it is uh, some bullet bourbon inside a mug that also contains
1: Earl Grey tea and a bit of honey.
0: So it's kind of like a hot
1: toddy, but not. Oh, nice. Nice. I thought you were going to tell me there was a board cube in it. That we are all going to be assimilated. No, I'm trying to drink something a little on the warmer side tonight.
0: So that's that's what the tea is for. It's hot tea.
1: Oh, it's actually hot.
0: Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I want nice. cold tonight.
1: There you go. Yeah. It's been a little nipple lately.
2: Yes, it is. Nice. Oh, for sure.
1: So it's that oh. time again. Mes amis. <laughs> See where I'm going with this? Mm hmm. Let's talk about some comics. Let's do it. Well, I consumed a whole lot of pages. Oh, yeah? Yes. Good. But most of it is is only one thing. I mean, I read a lot Mm -hmm. of comics this week, I guess. Yeah. But um, the majority of it is only one title. Well, I shouldn't say that. Maybe like two or three titles. But they're thematically linked. I was going through the New Mutants Omnibus, number uh, volume one. And I don't know whether it was just the, the amount of time uh, that has elapsed since the first time I read these things, but I was stunned to learn the real reason, the real reason why Charlie started the New Mutants. Do you remember what the real reason is
0: um I I I refrained from looking it up when you when you tease
1: this. Um let me fr- let me set it up for go you. Ahead, go ahead, Go ahead. Supposedly the X Men were off fighting the brood. And supposedly mm-hmm. Charlie and everybody else who knew them, because at this point the X Men were not a common thing in the marvel universe they were clandestine they were you know the secret organization of mutants that were you know helping people in the shadows ostracize and fear the whole thing but at this point the x-men were quote unquote dead charlie believed them to be dead every lalandra who was at the time romantically linked with charlie believed them to be dead So that's that's the envelope in which the whole New Mutants series started, but there's a reason why Charlie brought the kids in to the school. You don't know either one of you.
2: Can't say that I remember the insidious reason.
1: Oh, it's insidious. I, I thought it was because of
0: because he thought his. His X Men were dead, and he
1: wanted to. Bring well, that's out the class. thing. That's that. That's the 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 tell, because he was so distraught that he th- that he believed his ex children to be dead. That he did not want to take any more children in. He did not want to see his loved ones, his students, die before his eyes. So he was against it initially, but then he's like, "Okay." Shan, come on! I'll bring you in, and and we'll get this 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 Sam Guthrie kid. Come on! It's you no, know, the more the merrier. Roberto de Costa, all of them. Like uh, Iliana, come on! There's room in the in the mansion. We got lots of room. The reason why Charlie started the New Mutants was because he was possessed by a brood queen, and he wanted to use their genetic material to proliferate the brood that's the reason why he started the Nubians. i was like holy shit i i completely forgot about that and i don't even know maybe i didn't pick up on it i should i'm sure i did because it's chris claremont it is crammed down your throat but yeah charlie was possessed by a brood queen and was undergoing the transformation and the brood queen was controlling his mind So he would, he would have these, these spells where he'd black out and he wouldn't remember shit. And, um, it was the brood queen acting as him. And he brought the kids in to exploit their genetic superiority and use them to extend the brood race across the surface of the planet, conquering it and then leapfrogging to another planet. That was the whole plan. I was, I was insane with joy that I had learned that, because it adds a new... Now, obviously, the New Mutants was started to capitalize on the popularity of the X-Men. That's the main reason. But I think it's a neat little spin that they put on it, that, um yeah, it's a, it's a, a reason for another X-Book, but it's a nice little insidious little reason why the series started. I don't like the resolution, though. Because Charlie completely transforms into a brood. And, okay, obviously, Charlie did not stay a brood. What happened? Well, do you remember that, Jason? Why Charlie changed after this incident? i don't it's uh, ridiculous
2: something corny like wolverine gave him a blood
1: transfusion or something no they cloned him and oh. implanted his consciousness in another uh, in the cloned body well that kind of like plays into the hickman stuff that's kind of cool and that's why he was able to walk because he didn't oh yeah yeah he he oh, that's right, yeah. That's right. Yeah. and it okay, was okay. it was that sikorsky thing that mm-hmm. that you know what? So there, mm-hmm. you know, in the Star Jam, it didn't happen in the New Mutants. It right, happened right, right, in yeah. X Men. Yep. I'll tell you, I think it's like one sixty seven. Yeah, yeah. But i I'm, I'm, I'm loving this stuff. Um, there are, you know, trademark Claremont isms that um, are kind of odd. You know, in the Wayback Machine, the fact that Shan just Spontaneously lapses into French, like she's a Vietnamese, but she'll just blurt out something in French. Now I'm sure there's a logical reason for it, like maybe France has some kind of um, attachment to Vietnam or did it. To, I don't know, but I think Claremont did, did get it. Did right by way of Madripoor. I think Claremont did it to show that Shan was smart. Like she know she in multiple languages, she's a survivor. She's probably my least favorite member of the team. Same. Me but it all begins with her. It all it all begins yeah. in Marvel Team Up. She um it's it's Spider Man, Fantastic Four, and and uh and her. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, it's, it's a, it's a, a inauspicious beginning for the a series. Maybe they didn't even have it planned then, but maybe they did. Because Claremont wrote that issue, and why would this New Mutant just pop up in an issue of Marvel Team Up? So they probably had designs on the Marvel graphic novel at the time. I'm sure they did. But, um, so, uh, she wasn't your favorite of the New Mutants. The original nexus of the New Mutants. Who was?
0: Uh, it, <sighs> It it, I mean, it was mirage for me, Danny Moonstar. Yeah, I was, I, I did like Danny. Um, I like I like Sam. I probably of of if if I looked to see like who I could relate to, it was probably Sam amongst all. I thought, I mean, I loved the look of Roberto when he turned into Sunspot. I love all that black. It was just reminded me of uh, Pollard's um Vigilante, but uh, yeah, probably probably sam although i did i my favorite leader of of the team is obviously danny but uh but i did I, I i was a fan of cannonball
1: i'm not a huge fan of danny i mean i like her but i i didn't um i wasn't and down you're a strong woman of color it's, it's no friend, no like her. uh, <laughs> no keep, here's an idea keep her cheyenne that would have been nice to keep her cheyenne but they had to go and, and tweak her and say oh no she's valkyrie too yeah, no, yeah. that, that's weird that's just strange um, the most likable is Sam by a long shot. No pun intended. Oh, yeah. uh, but my favorites, Ileana. always was. Always sure. Was like, well, I mean, she's Ileana, she wasn't the
2: she's probably the 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 most popular New Mutant. Like in terms of the test of time, I would say. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But a um, whole lot of fun. I, I, this stuff goes down like like delicious, creamy butter. I mean, mm-hmm. issue after and. and Claremont's a wordy bitch. He really is. Yeah. The, the reputation has been well-earned, but it it doesn't... It, it, it's not grading at all in retrospect. Mm-hmm. I thought it would be, revisiting this stuff. I thought, oof, this is going to be a chore. But it, 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 it's so much fun. Um And I, I remember how linked the two books were at one point, where in yeah. in, in New Mutants, Professor X tells Kitty that um you know what because of these new kids and i see the dangers they face every day i don't think you should be a member of the x-men i think i'm going to demote you to um to 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 be the leader of the new mutants and that leads directly into professor x is a jerk that's what that's why she's so pissed off on that on that splash page i was like holy Mm -hmm. crap that's awesome having a lot of fun with this stuff yeah yeah, I have that uh
2: I don't know how many years ago it came out now. Time runs probably it's probably a lot longer than I remember, but I have that beautiful uh felt bound uh oversized hardcover of the Sienkiewicz New Mutants run that they did a few years back. Oh uh, yeah. yeah.
1: But this book's insane. It, it it has um let's see, it starts off with Marvel Team Up 100, and then it goes into X-Men 160, then the the Marvel graphic novel, number four, new mutants and then it contains new mutants one to 34 so you get all of the demon bear stuff in here like this this book is pretty much worth its weight in gold i think not only for you know the, the whole mythology of the new mutants but specifically that demon bear stuff like that's just i think it's a pinnacle of of any of the x books right i think you'll agree with me with that right the, um.
2: Uh. Well, wait. Wait. You, so you're saying? Do I agree that it's the best
1: non-core X-Men book Is that we're asking? It's up there. I said it's the pinnacle, which means you know there's a lot of room at the top. So oh, wait, the a pinnacle of what of, uh, did of, you say X- of all mutant books? Or yeah, just, yeah. Oh no, no. The Demon Bear stuff's not.
2: Oh, you're talking about the? I thought you meant like no, 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 not the, the whole run. Mutant. I said oh, the Demon
1: oh. Bear specifically. That 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 that. Extended yeah, well, story. I mean, it's line. certainly up
2: there, right? I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's great. It's, it's one of the great yeah. Yeah. mutant runs. I mean, it would—I I don't think I'd put that the pinnacle, but certainly we've talked about this a lot. For me, especially at my age at the time it came out, it was—if not the first—it's the one I remember the most of seeing just vastly different art in a comic and being like, "Oh wow!" Like comics can be so much more than like what I've known them to be to this point, right. you know.
0: And for me, it's probably the best New Mutant story. Of,
1: of all 98, 9900 issues or whatever it was. I don't know what the obsession was with Team America. <laughs> Did the Marauder. Yeah, I, I think that was foisted upon Claremont. Uh, like, you got to do something with this Team America stuff. Sure. And they're in it for like three, at least three, four issues. It's just, it's, it's just odd. It's weird. And Professor <laughs> Rex, because he thinks the kids can handle themselves, he's doting on Team America. <laughs> Imagine that on your resume. <laughs> what did you do? Yes, I I fostered the the powers and abilities of Team America. Who? <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah, this is so much fun. And this also has the the Magic, uh, mini series in it too. Oh, nice. Oh, nice. Yeah, a nice collection. It is. It's really nice. There's a Frank Miller drawn um, Marvel Team Up in here too. Yep. Yeah. It's it's just great, uh, so much so that I uh, ordered the second one.
0: Because nice. I'm a
1: big I'm a big uh lunkhead, and I sold my entire run Oof. of New Mutants um, back when we did the move. I got rid of them, and uh, okay. that it's it's the thing, right? That's what we do. We 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 wane on certain books, and then you know you purge, and then there comes a time inevitably when it's like, why did I do that? I enjoyed those books. I would like to read them again. Oh, I don't have them anymore. Thankfully, the omnibus editions fill those holes nicely. Mm. There you go. New Mutants uh, Omnibus Volume 1. It's a lot of good reading. I can go into more detail. I think Claremont slipped up a little bit with the Roma. Issues. Yeah. Uh, they went it went on for far too long. I mean it did, but Magma's hot as walls though. Yes. Yeah, yeah I, mean, uh, it d- I sure. mean means to an end, sure. But I, I think yeah. I think he spent a little bit too much time in that the secret valley in the Amazon. Yeah, we haven't seen much of Magma over the Clever. years, I feel like.
2: Yeah. I feel like we really haven't seen much of her.
1: How about karma getting all fat? like that was crazy she's gigantic Like, and then all of a sudden she's in the desert for all those times and it's like oh she's hot again there's no way you you could not have massive stretch marks when you're that big and all of a sudden you're not anymore like okay but uh, as a visual when she was gigantic I thought it was kind of cool that they you know she, she, she really ate up the, the page real estate but mm-hmm. pun intended yeah no looking mutants.
2: like like Shadow Queen out there,
1: mm. yeah. I have another X book, but I'm not sure both of you read it, so I will wait till till later. It's oh,
2: I have no intention
1: of reading that piece of shit. <gasps> it's not a no piece free. of shit. It's it's not a piece it's of shit. Vicious. No, dude, it is really mm. smart. Well, I mean, oh, I could say uh, that because I, I'm. Let, I don't I, need.
2: I, I don't need a new Night Crawler fucking. A new, a new. His origin was already great, and I don't need a new. Oh one. no, it
1: doesn't have much to do. Yes, it kind of does. It, it, it's only uh, superficial. The, the, the way it impacts Nightcrawler. Do you want me to tell you? I, I, I read about it, but you go ahead. And, yeah, please don't tell, tell the audience though. No, as Azazel is not Nightcrawler's father.
2: Right. Well, so you, you just contradicted yourself. I said he didn't need a new origin, in now but it's, oh. it,
1: it's a better origin. His 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 parents are Mystique and Destiny. Yeah, I don't know, that doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> Wait. Uh, so a person a person that can shape shift makes more sense to you than a person that can alter their genetic sequence.
2: She- it's gonna sound ridiculous coming from me of all people because I champion all of this, but like it doesn't make sense to me why we needed to bother, especially in a standalone one-shot, branded origin book that nobody's going to buy, except for you, I guess, uh, at a time when Marvel's selling no comics. They need to redo an origin story that most of us remember fondly, and there was no problem with it. All basically to make some kind of statement, which I don't think we need to make about it in particular, because that's already a pretty based side of the ledger already. So, like, I it seemed very, like, whiteboarding, like, how can we make a... How can we make a woke story about Nightcrawler? Oh let's let's have uh it, it, let's have Mystique be trans now. Like what? Like the, 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 like again, like if you want to make Mystique trans and have a story where she plays a man, cool, but like what? what was what what's the point how does it serve the character of Nightcrawler or the continuity of the Xverse? To change Nightcrawler's history and his origin, it doesn't make any sense to
1: me. But it's not; it, it, it's it is changing his his origin, but only slightly. Does it really matter that Azazel's not his father now? No, it doesn't matter at all. Well, I think it's more really important. That's, no. It, I think that's it's like, it's more important that now we have another layer to a character that plays into. There's something really smart that she says in 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 the issue and I, and I normally i shy away from 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 reading uh you know from comics but sh- um nightcrawler's like uh, you know I, I just don't get it you're either you're either uh a, a man or a woman or, or so you're telling me you're both and and mystique says something along the lines of it's it, the binary part of it is not the gender aspect of it it's B- the binary aspect of those who are allowed to be who they want to be and those that are denied that right like that is really freaking smart i thought i thought this was probably one of the best x issues i've ever read it cool, it, it, I enjoyed it it I, it, again, it I have a the
2: problem with what you, the statement you just made i have a problem with them in my opinion and again it's only my opinion and i don't know the editor this was created specifically for that like, let's turn Mystique into a transgender heroine, and I, like, you didn't need to fuck with Kurt's backstory, especially when again, it's all comics, so it's all silly to begin with. But like, why, like, Azazel and Kurt are identical looking, like, like that's by design. Azazel was created to look like Kurt because they were making him his father, like, and Azazel was thought to be Satan at one point. Like, there was so much beautiful continuity to that and the idea that like Kurt's Kurt's this this mutant who everyone hates but somehow he's still a Christian which is inexplicable and very analogous to people uh, like my uncle who was gay and wanted to have a Catholic funeral even though the church never accepted him and yet his dad might have been Satan like that was fucking brilliant and it made sense because they looked like each other like Kurt smells of sulfur and he has the same powers as all of the Azazel family and he teleports just like they can and he has a tail and hoofs just like they do and now suddenly Mystique who has always taken on a straight up human form albeit with blue skin is biologically creating this mutant who just so happens to look just like Azazel and the demon mutants that have been around for like it's just like it's just again like this was created so that someone could be like oh look how woke we are we're making, it, we're making Mystique a trans hero and like make her a trans hero. Just make her a trans hero. Like, make Mystique be trans. Like, that makes all the sense in the world, because she's a shapeshifter. So she, uh, why would she have a gender? There is, that makes all the sense in the world. But, like, to, and then to brand it the way they did, like, oh, like, and you can, like, you tried to say it, it has nothing to do with Kurt. Like, it's fucking called X-Men Origins. Like, it's, yeah. like, it is it is a one-shot about his origin. Like, but like, in in again, order like, to, to make, me, it's just, I, I, like, I'm glad you enjoyed it. I think it's dumb as fuck, and I think it's, It is, it is the, it is the kind of forced retconning for messaging that really makes people not bother to read mainstream comics anymore. Like, like, it's like, who is this for? It doesn't like, it doesn't make sense. Like create a new trans hero, create a new character, like, or make Mystique
1: trans and tell a story about that. Like, but Mystique had a child. Mystique has in, in the mythology, Mystique has a child. So, in order to transform the character into a new mode, don't you have to take into account the backstory? Yes, to make it at least believable on some level. So, in order, it's, you can't just say, "Let's make Mystique trans" without what? 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 Wait a minute! Isn't she Nightcrawler's mother? How did that happen? So, you need because you needed, don't have
2: to fuck with Nightcrawler. She can just be trans. She can have had a baby because she can be a woman. And she can also be trans and be a man when she wants to be. It ha- it could have nothing to do with Kurt. That's the point. So what does this mean for Azazel and all of that history? It's in Why there. does Kurt look like Azazel? Why does he have the same powers? Why does he have sulfur? Like it like what's like it just it like basically totally what's the point? Like it does it, it eradicates all of that to the point of making it like nonsensical. Because then you're saying that like all of that is nonsensical or coincidence. So it's coincidence that Kurt happens to have the same look powers and can transverse the same dimension as his dad who's now not his dad like what like it doesn't it's so illogical for the sake of that they wanted to make mystique trans like just make her trans like tell an awesome story where she's trans have kurt have a sister like have 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 some other character that we've either never met or we have met but we don't know their origin and we find out that it's mystique's daughter or son and and she's the, and Mystique is the father. Like that's cool. Like that's how Hickman would have done it. Because then it wouldn't have
1: fucked with everything else that we read before. Okay, there you go. Um, I thought it was a neat little wrinkle. I'm and I love Kurt. Probably my favorite X Man, but his origin is not as sacred to me as as uh, Peter Parker's. Let's just say, right um Kurt has always been who he is. The fact that his his genetic origins have changed are not going to really change the character for me any more than if they didn't. You know what I mean? Um select him to be the object of this retcon. And and again, I, I only think he's he's um yes, it does change things, but I think it was a means to an end. And I and I thought the the means or the end was very smart, smartly written. But you know, different flavors i guess dap you read it i did um i
0: did because of the uh because of the uncanny spider-man connection right um, it says you have to
1: read three a, and four before this but you didn't really
0: have to no and i i i did i'm pretty sure i'm current on that book um the
1: uh yeah I, I i thought marcus's art was neat um there's two the, artists uh, on this Wilton Santos and Marcus Toe.
0: That's right. Yeah. 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 Um, the, the, they're very complimentary to each other. Uh, no, I, I am, I am, I, I am very much a purist for certain things. There's no doubt about it. Um, we've got years of that on record. Uh, I am a big fan of Nightcrawler. So, um, Anything that that that, that kind of sheds some light on him, I'm happy to see. Um, but because I am not so beholden to what came before, I kind of enjoyed the story. That said, I can definitely see and feel Jason's point of view on this. Um, but uh, but no, I didn't. I I didn't. I foolishly, when the issue came out. I saw what a lot of other people were saying about it. So I didn't necessarily put it at the top of the stack. Um, but I finally got around to reading it and, and as a story, I enjoyed it. Um, but yes, I, I, I can see why my folks could definitely leave this where it is and, and, and not bother with it in the future. Uh, but I,
1: I enjoyed it. That's something, I guess it, uh, it stirred the pot, so to speak, right? There was uh, significant. Uh, did it? I don't know. I mean, again, like, this, this yeah, doesn't well, it was a book. that was high among among those cards. you would you would no among those you would think would be incensed about this. I guess it did the job. Yeah.
2: Oh, there's people that are like like mad about the fact that it, it's a trans story.
1: Uh, well, the whole thing part of part of it on your side that you know why mess with Nightcrawler, and part of it yes the whole. Um, I guess, intentionally woke, uh, you could call it. You can interpret it if you want, I guess. Um, But yeah, uh, that's what really uh, um, got me to read it because not only was it Nightcrawler, I would have read it anyway, but there was an expediency aspect to it because I had seen some of uh, comments online that it was an abomination and a travesty and, you know, whatever. Again, uh, who knows how long... This is going to last. Uh, uh, there's been many characters that have transformed over time, uh, not only with the X Men but just Marvel in general. But this may stick. This may not. I don't know. But uh, I liked it. I thought it was uh, really well done. Yeah. Move
2: on. You're the uh, you're the rep for the Marvel mutantum these days. Now that I've abandoned. I, I think the the books are
1: good. I mean, yeah the 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 gala was was. Uh, Dookie, but there there are good things coming out of it.
2: Yeah, I don't, I
1: don't I don't I don't doubt it.
2: I'm where you were a few years ago. Just it's just almost impossible for me to find much to enjoy from Marvel these days. I just
1: you'll come around, maybe. maybe. I think maybe. you no. will. I think you will.
2: I used to tell you the same. You swear you didn't. You did. So I'm not going to tell. I'm not going to swear that I'm not going
1: to cause right. I haven't completely. There, there's, there's 50 of the big two that I disregard completely. So, for not, eh, I don't know. Nah, now it's been a long time since the D.C. Has book has, has attracted me, um, and it's, it's always on the fringes. You know, like Soul Plumber. Yeah. That, that Soul Plumber was really good, but I mean, who many who read that? <laughs> but that doesn't. <laughs> well, you know, that, was, that was like seven years ago. Yeah, before. no, that, that no, it wasn't. <laughs> that, that doesn't. You know matter the amount of people reading it doesn't matter but like i see all these bat books and i'm just like nah i don't i don't i don't really care oh yeah i really tried to read the the batman in space thing um doug monkey would War, be War, the War, one to yeah. get me to yeah. read it and he i picked it up i read it and it was just like whatever just okay whatever mm-hmm. so yeah
2: i'm gonna start getting the zazel commissions just to not pay to keep keep my man's I man's his name out up in them streets.
1: I really think it's Azazel, but okay. <laughs> what well, was it in
0: X-Men First Class? Oh. he was in that movie. They had to oh, I've that never name. seen that. It
2: was that. Azazel there. Yeah, I mean, it was
0: Minato. Azazel,
1: yeah. Yeah, I've never seen that, so whatever. That,
0: yeah. It was one of the good ones. I
1: thought so. I mean, except for they, you know. They, Listen, they I mean, can, Chuck,
2: can Chuck Austin eat? The man is besmirched every turn. Like, he gave us Azazel, at least. I
1: mean, that was one of the things he did right. No kidding. That was Chuck Austin?
2: It was, and and, and
1: Sean Phillips? Phillips. I'm telling you, I I give Austin credit for predicting the social media avalanche because that was a huge part of his run, where everybody was talking about the various X-Men and the the media was front and center in his run. And I'm like, it's, that was pretty canny. Again, pun intended. Pretty yeah. mm-hmm. canny. Yeah. I
2: just I get getting back like. My issue with it is, again, it's just inelegant. And I know it's big two comics, of course it's inelegant, but, like, we've talked to this a million times. Like, these comics can be elegantly crafted. Like, you could have told an awesome story about Mystique being trans or at least at times choosing to be male and represent herself that way without having to decide you're going to make it. A big marketing gimmick, and call it, and like, try and get it to be an event and something people want to speculate on the issue and all this stuff, and mess with like Nightcrawler's origin, like, because again, yeah, like they don't. What does it really matter now? Of course, I mean, all, like all these characters have gone through a million changes, but like, but Nightcrawler is one of the most beloved X Men, like, Truth. so, yeah, you know, yeah. like, like, and and to me, that's what. Like, this to me isn't the same as like when people got upset and then Bobby Drake was 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 you know, gay now because you could credibly argue that because like that's just a choice about sexuality. We never saw Bobby's sexuality. And it would stand a reason, especially when the comic came out, that he would have been closeted for a long time, right? So like that makes all the sense in the world. But to me again if we're getting nerd if we're nerding out and we're supposed to be like and the aha is supposed to be that she can also be male when she wants to be. Which I think is the whole point of the issue. It's like, oh snap, she was his father. It's like okay, like, I actually think the idea of her being male is pretty cool, and it makes all the sense in the world that Mystique could become a very prominent, like, regularly featured every month Marvel character who represents trans. Like, that makes all the sense in the world. But deciding that the only way you can do that or the best way is then to suggest that all the history we got about Nightcrawler, who again, like, literally looks exactly like Azazel, (laughs) like, just with different skin color, right? Like, he's He's azazel in all ways except he's got his mom's blue skin. But
1: there, there so, are things in the book that address that.
2: Okay, maybe they do because they had to. But like, it's still inelegant. Like they're still retconning a bunch of stuff I know. that, was, that I, made
1: sense. I, I take issue with that word "inelegant." I think, I think the dialogue is is extremely well constructed. It's it, as far as the interior I don't even of the know, book. Sci so. as okay. as far as the interior of the book, the the. Uh, manipulation of the the sequences and the dialogue itself are very well written. Um, Todd McFarlane did not have anything to do with this book.
2: Sure. So
1: the, but the, the plot contrivance. Okay. Is what I'm I know I get that, but I mean, yeah. for what it is, contrivance or sure. not, the book is extremely well produced. The art is gorgeous. The 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 coloring is is beautiful, and mm-hmm. the the actual wordplay. The way those words were manipulated in strings is really, really well done. That's what I'm saying. It's cool. No, I respect that. Yeah. What else do we have, hater? <laughs> <laughs> oh, holy shit.
2: <clears throat> yeah, you just Damn. you're I mean, I was you're just pushing my buttons, the next thing you want to talk about, we're we gonna do a deep dive on Jason Aaron's Avengers next or no, I've never read
1: that. <laughs> yeah. I, know, I, know. I I have read more of his Batman than I have his oh, Avengers. Shit. Yeah. I guess he's full-time DC
2: now cuz he's been all over the social media's now been like, "Oh, I'm hang- I guess he visited a retreat, he's like I'm hanging out my new my co workers so I guess I mean, I know he's got I mean I, I I mean, I don't know if he's exclusive per se, but it seems like he's right. pretty committed to being well, a DC
1: guy. Well, Scotty's got his his big toe in the water. Who knows? Maybe Scotty will. I was thinking that actually, right? Cuz those two were tied at there at least they were. Were no, to... yeah, I don't think they're as close
2: anymore. Again, oh. I, I don't want to, but 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 either way, I mean, I think they're but they're friends, still friends, though. I'm saying so. I don't. think right. It's not them. Yeah, I guess they've never really worked together though professionally, have they? I don't Which, believe so. No. I'm sure Scotty's done covers like he's because he does every cover always for everything. Oh yeah,
0: there's got to be some variants yeah. out there. But I mean, yeah. by the time when by the time Jason got to Marvel, Scotty was already writing his own shit. So
2: yeah, fair. Um,
0: I got something. Uh, that, uh, DAP.
2: If you didn't pre-order this, and I don't think you did, because you would probably mention it to me, you got to pick it up when you can because you're gonna love it. Um, and that is inside the mind of Sherlock Holmes: the case of the scandalous ticket. This is a Titan comic. It's a hardcover by Titan with an absolutely, like I'm a sucker for this kind of thing, gorgeous die-cut cover. Oh, the die-cut really is. The I cut is Sherlock's, of course, classic profile with the hat and all that, and uh, you're looking inside of his head, inside the mind, and it's Sherlock on a uh, on a ladder in a giant library inside of his mind, looking up a, a on a shelf of books labeled crime. But uh, but it's um, it's written by Cyril Lerone L I E R N and drawn by Benoit Dahan. Uh, like I said, it's a Titan, so I'm assuming it's translated from. French originally. I that I I don't know. I couldn't find it necessarily in here, but I am guessing I mean Titan seems this like Titan doesn't just do like US based books that way, so I'm assuming it isn't important initially. Um in fact it may have been let me see if I can find it. It may have been a two issue thing. It's structured in this way in, in one, but it may have been a two issue joint in France. But anyway, I'll figure that out. But um as you can imagine from the name, it's a Sherlock Holmes book, um, but it's an original tale, which, you know, I feel like a lot of the Sherlock material we get are just, um, or it, it's almost, I mean, a lot of it's awesome, but it's generally just taking Arthur Conan Doyle's stories and, you know, serializing them or turning them into film or TV or, or comics. Um, but this is a new story and it's uh, basically, there is a, um, uh, like a mysterious, like Sherlock comes across a, a series of kidnappings and there's like a mysterious powder and, uh, these tickets like these very ornately drawn tickets uh, like concert tickets or theater tickets back then uh, very ornate though and customized with all of this uh, like really detailed illustration and uh, and um, Chinese uh, like like letters you know t- Chinese words but obviously even but somehow I guess Sherlock doesn't know Chinese and um And he gets on the case or he decides to take the case, of course, in his own way and tries to figure out the mystery. And, of course, does. And uh, all the usual suspects are in the book. uh, You know, Watson being his homie by his side. But the great conceit of this book and what makes it so neat is that the way it's illustrated, you're as the story goes and you're you're hearing Holmes explain in the Holmesian way, all the clues coming together and his deductions, the illustrations are just incredible i mean it's just all different ideas of like what's it like to be in holmes's head and how he's accessing the knowledge that the accesses and like there's a point where he sits down and smokes a pipe full of cocaine so that he can go deeper and he goes deep into his mind cave and they illustrated like his head as if as this is like giant metallic building a furnace where like the and the, as the smoke of the drugs go through his head, it opens up into these different pockets of knowledge that he can access and put it all together to figure out, like, the clues. And um there's one point where, it, it like, there's a little note at the corner of the book that says, hold this page up to the light. And you hold the page up, and it's see-through, and you can see the figure of a character walking through the wall. It's oh, like... Shit. It's so crazy. It's like, wait, what? Like (laughs) it was so neat. And, and, and the neat thing too is, is that they, it's not like they just use one visual manifestation of his brain. I mean, every page is a different approach to it and a different way of looking into the way that he thinks about things and piecing the clues together. And, uh, it's beautiful. It's not too long either. It's, um, I don't think there's a page count, but let me see. Uh, it can't be more than like a hundred pages. It's probably less than that actually. um, but it's full color, full illustrated. Uh, the characters are a little bit. Um, they're they're. It's it's. Um, I, I I can't offhand like think of 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 a of an illustrator that our listeners might immediately know. You know what it's like. It reminds me of um uh dude from Chew. Uh, what's dude's name from Chew? Um,
0: um Rob uh, Guillory. Guillory. Yeah, Rob Guillory. Guillory. Exactly. It reminds me a little bit of
2: Rob Guillory in terms of the figure work. Uh, and the anatomy, and sort of the stretched out faces and chins and stuff, but, um, but, but the real the real hook here is just that it's all about being in the mind of Holmes as he solves this whodunit, and uh, in very satisfying fashion, of course. Uh, and it's just really neat. Like it, it, he, you know, there's one point where he like figures tries to figure out what the powder is, and he realizes that it controls, it, it acts as a uh, almost like a hypnotic potion. Like if you give it to someone, you can put them under hypnotic spell. So at one point. He sneaks it to uh to Watson and then he has Watson like play Russian roulette and put put a gun to his head and pull the trigger. And uh you know, of course in, in Holmes' in mind this is like success. He's like, Ah oh, yes, yeah, success, you know, and it's like just things like that. It's just just the kinds of things that that, that it 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 does what what is so great about Holmes and then it really reminds you of how alien he is. You know, how, how the way he sees the world is just so ridiculously orthogonal to the way the rest of the people can see the world and uh I hope that I mean I don't know again like I don't know much about the backstory here. I I hope that this is is the first of 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 many like that they continue to tell these stories in this way because it absolutely is rep- replicable and they could certainly do do existing Conan Doyle uh, Sherlock Holmes stories if they wanted in this way. But uh, really creative, really neat, and um, you know, like I said, not not even that large of a of a book, such that you can probably read it in one sitting or or two sittings if you want. So, um, absolute home run inside the mind of Sherlock Holmes: the case of the scandalous ticket.
0: Now, considering that this is a um, this is an original tale, it's set in the time of the original Sherlock yeah, stories. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And no, it's it's it's. Um, yeah, I wasn't it's, sure if anybody else was trying to be creative and make them contemporary like they did. With, oh like, no, you know, yeah, yeah know, no, 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 with, no, no. Uh, this is Vic- this okay. is Victorian area. This
2: is uh, this is all the classic like yeah, the the classic setting for sure. You know, okay. um, like in fact the the people that are he's the kidnappings and murders he's investigating they're being kidnapped by a um, a horse and buggy like as an example no Okay. Way. Yeah, so
1: I have a question uh, for uh, you you Holmes addicts. Mm. Who do you think portrayed the character the best? Well, that's a tough one because I mean, I grew I mean, like as a kid
2: I was I don't I don't know how I was introduced to it, it was my dad or or just random but like I was all into the Basil Rathbone yeah. Like, that that's was probably one of my favorites. Yeah. yeah, that's probably so that's like when I think of Sherlock Holmes, I think my mind immediately immediately goes to Basil Rathbone. But um, I have to say though, I mean I think that the BBC series was I mean, that that's probably my favorite Sherlock mm-hmm. content outside of the original works. You know, like like the 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 Stephen Moffat show that Dapp and I used to gush about when it was coming out. That that is like to me my favorite adaptation with Bennett. I mean, Benedict Cumberbatch. That's, I mean, at least I, I pretty sure that was the first time I'd ever seen Benedict Cumberbatch, or at least it was around that time when he was, but, uh, so if I had to pick like, like nostalgia says Basil Rathbone, but, but like objectively and what I would want to rewatch now at nearly 50 years old, it'd be, uh, Cumberbatch.
0: Huh. we, we do rewatch that from time to time. Yeah. Um, I also like Johnny Lee Miller from, from elementary. Cause that's also, a modern television never watched it it it's it's extremely entertaining especially with Lucy Lewis as uh, as Watson um, I enjoyed it a lot didn't see didn't didn't finish it Didn't I, I need to get back to the final season and the whole um Moriarty twist was pretty neat too but as far as the um, the old school stuff I I like Peter Cushing but I'd have to go with um basil as well interesting. Why I mean, you Christopher pick?
1: Lee, yeah,
0: I knew it. Yeah, okay. definitely yeah. Christopher Lee. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, I not be the Robert Downey.
1: No, it would either be Christopher <laughs> Lee, Peter Cushing, or Basil Rathbone. I think out of those three, I just have a very strong attachment to Chris, Christopher Lee. Sure, so sure. I, I would go with Dracula. him. Dracula. I do with Cushing too, but and even Rathbone. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I do, I always lean to Christopher Lee.
2: So when I was first dating Beth, and I was going to go spend Christmas at her, you know, with her family. Um I was desperate to make a good impression and get like her parents thoughtful gifts, you know. And I No, cuz you know, you want to make a good impression, you know? I get it, so, totally. So, and this was back in the day when the when, you know, video like buying video cassettes of shit was like that's the you not know, that was the thing, right? We bought videos of stuff you wanted to have. To, so I I remember I bought her dad uh the a box set of of the Sherlock Holmes, the Sherlock stuff. Um that was like the first thing I ever bought him. Uh-huh. So yeah. good memories
0: that's cool
1: see we bounced right back from that little tete-a-tete we had Did There, it was <laughs> not even a tete-a-tete
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> that was yet another episode of Jason is wrong
2: <laughs> oh my god is this the time where you talk to us about another symbiote book or are we no. taking a week off oh.
1: no, no we are taking a week off because I, I won't talk about <laughs> I won't talk about Venom because I, I think it's ridiculous Oh, the actual Venom book? Yeah, well, Natasha doesn't need to have a scene I saw, yet.
0: Yeah, I saw the cover of that. I'm like, oh, it's Black Widow. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's... Well, she's just Widow. She's for. Widow. Just right.
1: Um, well, since her
0: sister's got a book out, right? And, and, right, and yeah.
1: a, open letter to Marvel, stop using Doctor Doom for everything. Stop. Stop. Well, they've are they're, they're,
0: they're got to build him up because he's, he's probably going to replace Kang in the rest of the movie. So. I mean, great. Yeah, yeah, sure,
1: that's awesome, but okay because he's i mean he's in the x-men now he's been in venom for dude a i while. heard something
2: crazy i heard they're gonna they're gonna retcon it where he's actually a robot sometime no yeah.
1: no no wait, venom no Well the doom, doom wait the doom bots, doom bots that's fine I'm, being facetious. I'm making fun of the Necron. okay oh yeah. i thought you meant i just wanted to be Kristoff. yeah nice they better <laughs> i'm just pleading with them keep the magic intact don't jettison that. Man of Science is great, but the whole attachment to the mom and the infernal arts accompanying the the, the science—we need that. We need that. I agree, that. and that
0: would and that would be a great way to. Because um, I think Benedict is kind of like taking a pause on acting, but that would be a great way to bring Strange back into uh, into the fold.
2: Wait, is he really taking a pause for acting?
0: I want to say yes.
2: Oh, I mean, like, like for a particular reason, or he's burnt out, or.
0: It might have been a burnout. It, it it's it's been so long since I saw the headline. Huh. I'll look it up. How about like that uh, shit? How old would you say he is? Forty eight. No, I don't think he's that old. I think he's I want to say forty three to forty five. I don't know, 48 is one three years older than that, but I don't think he's close to that. He is to 50. Four to seven. Four to seven. Oh shit, Good Vince. Go you.
1: What is it? It was a guess. It was a good guess? Yeah, it was What's a guess. Saying? What do we have? Dap? Dap-a-diddle?
0: Uh, i trying A-diddle. not to... to um, so I want to start <laughs> coughing and hacking into the microphone. Um, That's Jason's job. That was good, though. Yeah. Oh, well, nah. Um, so I did read the second issues of both... Um, Wesley Dodds, the Sandman, and Alan Scott, the Green Lantern. Um, the Green Lantern one's a little, not a little. It, it's, it's a lot of fucked up because we lean heavy into um, conversion therapy. Um, because of course it's, this what is it the forties? And you know, God, God forbid we have soldiers who are gay. Um, and a, a lot of it a lot of this issue takes place, um, at Arkham where, um, where, where Alan actually admitted himself, um, because basically the army gave him a choice. And, uh, so he went to, uh, to the asylum and, uh, and, and he figured, you know, listen, once he gives it, you know, enough time, he can just check himself out. But unfortunately, um, one of the doctors finds his journal, which um, of course goes into detail on on his thoughts and um, at that point that's when the doctor decides that Alan Scott is a deviant and um, decides to uh, do the whole electrolysis there's a sad moment where um, there is a uh, there's an older queen who um, who is a uh, who's friends with um with Alan, his name is billy he uh he wears wigs he puts on makeup um and uh and he's comfortable but he does actually come back to uh to the ward in a wheelchair big old bandage on his head uh slurred speech because obviously the anesthesia is wearing off um and uh they basically just wiped them clean and now he's just waiting for his family to come and um and and take him home uh and that's when alan kind of just not necessarily breaks down but that's when he just has a moment to himself takes his journal with him and then that's um that's when the doctor snatches him and says that uh now you're going to officially be committed but there is a um the very very shawshank redemption there's a uh there's a younger dude who um, appears to be sweet on Alan Scott, um, and there's one night where um, where the nurse was in the uh, the medical cupboard and uh, the medicine cupboard actually, and um, the uh, the inmates lock the door so she can't get out, and a bunch of them uh, beat feet and escape alan gets on a um on a train and uh doing his best impression of a hobo along with um this uh this young lad and uh it makes his way while he's on the train the um what was interesting the how alan scott gets his hands on the lantern um, is because Billy made it in metal shop. Um, says it was the first piece of scrap they brought in that wasn't a nightmare in gray um, and uh, and Billy practically knocked over the entire class to snatch it um, and he made a uh, he made a train lantern for Alan so Alan takes it with him while on the train. And, uh, and he is his, uh, while he and his new boy toy are, uh, kind of necking, uh, the lantern starts to glow and, uh, there's this huge crack, uh, large explosion train is just, um, falling off the, uh, there's a bridge a train was on train crashes. Uh, Um, Alan is just, uh, Alan survives um and uh and one of the only survivors uh of of this crash but he uh he hears a um he hears a voice saying that uh, that we bring death and then life um and as as 42 souls perished uh from that train crash only 41 would be lost and um the voice that light um, carried Alan Scott to death, brought him back to life and uh, and basically granted him the power of um, of the Green Lantern. And Alan is telling Doivey all of this while um, in, in, in a flashback. Uh, and the second issue is pretty much just to explain how Alan got the Lantern and became Green Lantern. Um but while all this is going on, there seems to be somebody um, in red who looks to have his own power ring, um, kind of just hovering above the harbor, and that's where the uh, the issue ends. So, Green Lantern will have to face a um, an adversary in the next issue. The second issue of um, of the Sandman, though, uh, didn't really go into detail as far as uh, who may have um robbed and burned down uh the dodds home um but wesley is uh kind of you know hat in hand he has to it's it's uncomfortable for him but but he needs he needs assistance from from friends from family friends uh friend of his father who was in the first issue, who was working with uh, with Wesley to bring the experiment to the um, the armed forces to prevent you know lethal uh, lethal acts during wartime? Uh, that that old man put Wesley up in one of his uh, penthouse apartments. Um, Diane is there to uh, to kind of just talk him off the ledge because he's kind of just beside himself between the house and and the missing samples of the gases and of course the uh the gun and, and and the mask so he's um he's he's got his own demons to um to deal with but there's a whole lot of detective work going on in the second issue it's really good riley's work of course is is, is top notch um action sequences were crazy but no i thought um i surprisingly maybe not surprisingly but i i am enjoying the green lantern book more than i thought i would i figured i'd check out the first issue just see where it is uh and then maybe just kind of skim the second to see if it would keep my interest and it seems to be doing that uh but the um the sandman and it's another issue where it ends with um with the villain uh kind of front and center although this time we actually do get to see him facing the reader wearing his gas mask of course but um both issues funnily enough, end in a, uh, in a similar fashion, but, um, and of course, both heroes are going to have to face whatever the hell, uh, demons they're, they're about to face, but, uh, I thought, um, I thought Sandman, co- Sandman continues to, uh, to be a really, really good series and a, a reintroduction, uh, or if you've never read Sandman before, an introduction to, um, to the character, um. I I enjoyed the same a lot, but, uh, but both were, both were extremely entertaining. I still haven't checked out the Jay Garrick flashbook. Uh, I'm sure I will, but, um, these are basically just kind of on a whim to see, uh, to see how how, how they'd fare with me. But I do, um, I would definitely recommend folks to, uh, to check them out if, if they haven't yet, if you, if you're not familiar with the characters or you're just not sure, uh, what some of the older versions of uh, of these DC heroes are like. It's not a um, they're not they're not going crazy with uh, with retconning or revamping origins. It's pretty it's pretty straightforward, and it it it's they're tweaking things. I think where they could be tweaked, and uh, and and because no one, I don't want to say no one. I don't if if someone read one of those old issues, the old golden age, um, versions of, of, of the Alan Scott Green Lantern stories. I don't know how entertaining they'd be. So it's nice to see things a little, a little fleshed out. And, um, especially since they retconned, uh, Alan's sexuality, the origins here see, seem to make sense And any time you can kind of flesh out Wesley Dodds a little bit more. Um, I think, uh, it, I, for me, it's nice to see that uh, that he's more than just, you know, a gas mess in a trench coat. So I would uh I would check him out if you haven't yet. But that's that's two of the things that uh that I've read recently.
2: Isn't it amazing how Riley has become like a DC goat like a fixture. I mean he
0: he's Yeah, done you want a new DC... series to start off? We'll we'll give it to Riley.
1: Yeah, right.
2: Like I mean he has been doing monthly dc work now for what close to a decade
1: oh, he's the best they have saying? Isn't, yeah. that, isn't
0: that neat right like i mean yeah. like I love that like you know, proof and and this, yeah it's it's
1: yeah, well, yeah he's it's, come a long way from proof um, oh for sure i mean i like no, it i think it's a great yeah. series but he's mm-hmm. yeah yeah he's honed that that visual voice yeah uh
2: i haven't read the issue yet but we should at least mention that we uh we discovered today that 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 uh Mr. Dan Warren Johnson threw a little love to King Dap in the latest issue of Transformers number 3. In uh there's several vanity plate shots of Optimus Prime. One says um one uh, one, one of them says Dap. It's yeah. in a monster voice. So it's pretty cool.
1: Widen your doorways people. Dapp's unless coming. he knows <laughs> unless he knows other people or he's just got finished caulking his bathtub. <laughs> Nah. You know, I have a DAP another plant. Another one of
2: plates was Mur- was Murder Falcon. Like it was intentional,
1: <laughs> dude. <What? laughs> I have a DAP plant in my backyard. I'm not kidding. And every see? time, every time I drive by, I say, "DAP," there's my dude. There wow. you go. Yeah, I. You know, see, okay, I have my okay. what? No okay. man. I have my very own imageorama. Oh, okay. I was yeah, going to take
2: care of some business real quick before you get. Me oh talking. well,
1: let, yeah. Let's. Right. We, well, we still have we, their attention.
2: We need to take care of the business. <laughs> oh
1: man.
2: No, because no. I my, my I meant what I meant is that if we save it to the end, then people are like it's easy for you. Oh, to turn. for
0: sure. I get you. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um,
2: couple things. Um, well, first of all, Dap, you want to remind them what the books books of the month are?
0: It is because I'm looking right at it. World without end, a six issue series from years ago from uh from dc um and is actually there's a collection available for those of you who um who want to get it that way but it is uh it is jamie delano and art by john higgins it looks fantastic it's got a very nice uh heavy metal vibe to it um but yeah I, i i can i i bought the issues I want to say it was heroes at, um, at Vince's urging. Um, glad I did. And, and now, uh, now we'll read it with, uh, along with everybody else.
2: Nice. And we'll do that. What, um,
0: we should probably, we'll probably like, to like do that.
2: 27th or 28th, right? Like, one. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Okay, cool. Um, we also, um, Vince, you want to remind them about the EOC logo,
1: yes it is that time people we will need a new album art for this here shindig for 2024 and we're uh, sending it out there if you're a creative individual we would love to uh see you throw your hat in the ring this is what we do we solicit creative types to create us a uh a featured image needs to be square uh, I don't really care what the proportions are, 4 by 4 8 by 8 whatever uh, size you want to work, as long as it's 300 DPI. Let's make it relatively high res. And we have a voting process where our patrons will vote on each entry. And then we take the most loved and we decide amongst the three of us which one is going to win. And you will represent 11 O'Clock Comics for the entire year of 2024. Now, what that means is, um, as with last year's John Amore piece, we really didn't do anything with it. We should have, but we didn't. And it was just our album art. It's a fantastic piece. I mean, we've had Matthew Allison. We've had uh, D-Dub's Daniel White do two of them, I think. Right?
2: Uh, Daniel and Jonathan both won twice, and we told him to Jonathan has
1: two. Jay uh, Gonzo. Did one
2: Kyle of Fever.
1: Yes. Uh Giorgio Penalta. Penalta. We I mean the we should do an art book just of our featured images yeah. because they're amazing. So we for that Scotty one, but you know, well, you'll never see that. And of course uh, the Tony Fleece, the stray dog one. Yes, the Tony Fleece was a was a, 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 a there was a number of hands involved in that. It was Tony mm-hmm. Trish and um That's true. I'm sorry, yeah. I should have said, yeah, the whole team. So if you would like to give it a shot, um, we'd love to have you. Just um, create something and, you know, we have email addresses. Uh, what's the best email address app?
0: Info at 11oClockComics.com. Yeah. one just, one uh, o'clock.
2: Yeah. And d- d- we should d- also say that, that that in addition to it being, like, we're honored that you would do it and, and it'll be obviously our, our art for all of our, our podcasts and communique and the socials for a whole year – um, there is a, a quote unquote prize per se, which is that, uh, if you want, and cause some of y'all are shy, so we were you don't have to, but if you want, you also get to sit in the fourth chair for an episode.
1: Yes. We've yeah, had some that chair. didn't want to do it. Right. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you get to come on an episode with us. Yep. Mm-hmm. I want to know your creative process.
2: Such as it is.
1: Yeah. So, uh, um, there I'd, you go. Uh, again, just make sure it's square relatively high res 300 dpi don't do one by one 300 dpi it, it at least give give me something to work with like four by four mm-hmm. six by six eight by eight i know the bigger the better be a show we're not a grower you know what i mean <laughs> some of us can dream
2: all right uh also uh go to 11 o'clock com for lots of reasons one we have all of our episodes up there and the searchable archive but uh, if you go to the top left tab of the front of the website, you'll see the 2023 20, 11 o'clockers tab that Dab created. That will bring you to a Google uh, form, uh, and it will have uh, our our balloting for this year's favorites, your favorite creators and comics. As Unless you're new to the show, as you know, we do an annual show in mid to late January where we talk about the – Books and creators that each of us individually thought were the, our favorites of the year. And then we also talk about the audience's picks. So uh, please, the more votes, the better. And uh, uh, help, help us help you, because the more of you that submit votes, uh, ballots, the larger the uh, random drawing of, 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 uh, of the prizes. So anyone that enters is eligible for a random drawing. On the episode where we talk about the awards, we will pick from all of the uh, eligible entrants on on air live a winner and they will get a gift certificate to use at our wonderful sponsor cheap graphic novels uh last year it was a hundred dollar gift certificate um, you guys can make it up to a two hundred dollar gift certificate if, if enough of you vote so get those votes in um, you know over the next uh, obviously the year isn't over yet so you don't have to vote yet but maybe log in you know go to the website log in if you uh, create your your ballot, you can just you can go back to it. It will, it will keep your picks. you can go in and change it, you can add to it, whatever. but, uh, but just you know, I sign up now and that way you'll remember to you know, be impetus to fill it in when it's time. Um, and then the last bit of thing which we talked about last week, but as a reminder, um, you know we talk about the Patreon a lot and, and many of you are members and we love you for that, but I'll, I'll bluntly. Like an exponentially larger number of you are not. <laughs> and uh and and listen, um, you know, if you want to try it out, this is not a bad month to do so because in addition to our litany of awesome content that we're always providing with month in, month out, which in and of itself makes it worth it. Um, it is December and I love Christmas. And so I'm doing an EOC advent calendar feature, which I do every year. And uh, we are now uh this is the sixth that we're recording this episode, so we've got We've got uh, nearly a week of, of stuff up there, including things. Uh, I started off with uh, my top five guilty pleasure foods. And uh, I, w- I, I didn't hear either of my boys, my booze didn't, didn't chime in and tell me what their guilty pleasure foods are, but that's cool. Um, Saltines?
1: Me- Saltines? What? <laughs> oh, God, I'm, I'm glad m- you didn't chime in. No, I meant yours. You know, oh, when no, I think of dude. you and food. Yeah, I know. Well, these are guilty
2: pleasures. These are things sure. that you Would not normally,
1: yeah. I, I feel guilty for nothing though, so I don't have any guilty.
2: Oh, pleasures. fair enough. Um, Spanish, my I did my my favorite Spanish comic artists. Yeah. Which, which, uh, I mean, I again, you guys didn't didn't tell me who you thought I, I omitted. I, I thought
1: no, I thought they were pretty much dead on. There are a lot of good ones. Oh, my man!
2: Yeah. Nice. Uh, then I. Um, I did my, uh, which I did last year as well, but I did my 10 favorite TV shows of 2023. Um, and then yesterday or uh, two days ago, I did, uh, my, uh, unread runs, which I thought was an interesting, which, which I'm going to circle back around to in a second with you guys. And then yesterday I did, um, uh, highlighted a number of alpha flight commissions that I have in my collection that I liked. Uh, and then today, because we're recording, Want to do something with quickness, so uh, it's not live yet, but it'll be uh, it'll be some naughty Christmas jokes for y'all. These are not for not safe for work. These are not for the kiddos. These are for you to tell your wife and have her look at you and be like you're so stupid before she uh, ravages you for how secretly much she loves the you And then uh, and then on Friday I will be doing a live a video talking about uh, some Q and A that we asked our wonderful Slack patrons uh, for questions, and so I'll be addressing those questions in a live video. But getting back to the unread runs, I don't know if you guys read that, but I did. I basically I basically looked at um there were a couple of lists from a few years ago during the pandemic when when like all these sets were just making list after list because we had nothing better to do but read them. Um there were a couple of different lists like the top 100 comic book storylines of all time, the top 100 comic book runs of all time, and then there was another one which was the 50 greatest non-superhero graphic novels. And again, all lists are subjective. I even say I don't think that these, if I were creating any of these lists myself, I don't think my list would look exactly like these lists did. Um, but that wasn't really the point. I wanted to just see, based on these crowdsourced lists, like how many of these alleged greatest runs I had yet to read. And um, so of the of the uh, 100 great, and this is CBR, did a list of uh, top comic runs of all time. And these are like Actual runs inside of like single issue comics. Um, of the hundred, I have read ninety one of them.
0: No, and no, no, no. You read ninety two of them. I read ninety
2: two. Yep. Which one did I read?
0: Because the O'Neill Adams Green Lantern was a book of the month. Oh, that was the um the Green That's Hour Our traveling Green heroes.
2: Yep. Oh, okay, fair enough. Okay, um, I didn't I didn't put two and two together. Okay, so uh, yes, yeah, so I've read ninety two of the hundred. Um. But I asked in the feature for people if they wanted to nominate which of which pick from each of the lists that they thought I should read. And if you all chime in, I will take the highest vote getters for each and uh, and I will read those and discuss them on the show. But the um, of the runs, the ones I have not read are Giffen and Beer Bombs Legion of Superheroes, osterander and Mandrake Spectre. uh mm-hmm. North and Henderson's Unbeatable Squirrel Girl, which again, bluntly, I cannot fathom that that is one of the 100 (laughs) greatest comic (laughs) films of all time, but but you do you. Um, uh, Englehart, Rogers and Austin's Detective. I've read almost no classic detective stuff. I know that breaks Dapp and Hassan and all those, every else's hearts, but Ennis and McCrae's Hitman. uh, Johns and Collins' Flash. I've never read any Johns' Flash. Uh, O'Neill and Adams' Batman. Now again, that's like Technically I could have said I've done that because I've certainly read some issues from that, but, but I don't have really any context for the, for the run itself. And then Wade's flash run I've not read. So, um, so uh, I, I, I'm, I'm, uh, it's almost all DC, not surprisingly. Uh, and then with the, uh, top 100 comic story lines, that was a, I thought that was a better list. Like if I were, if we were having a discussion about like the greatest comic stories of all time, I think we would have, that list would be more evocative of probably the things we'd be discussing. Um, and in that okay. there were uh seven that i haven't read and that is uh um uh, the death of speedy from love and rockets I'll
1: <sighs> oh, relax i'm going to get to it <sighs> Yeah but there's a lot of heavy lifting with that you can't yeah. just run into he- death of speedy you got to read what came before
2: Right well we'll get yeah so so superman smashes the clan um the love bung- the love bunglers again same love and rockets yeah First tale of the demon, which is O'Neill Adams and others, the uh, Dear Gi- Giordano stuff, which is a uh, you know the the first I think it was the first Rachel Gould story, right from uh, back in the day. Um, the Man of Steel, I know, which breaks both your hearts. Burn, burn, it Man does, of Steel. You've you yes. all have talked about it a thousand times. I've not read it. Um, Dangerous Habits, which is uh, you know one of the, if not considered the best um, uh, John Constantine Hellblazer story. And the return of Barry Allen. We're seeing a, tr- a trend here. That's the, the, that, which is probably the most famous part of the Wade Flash Run with Greg LaRocque on art. So, um, yeah. So, so I'm I'm eager to, uh, you know, I, I think I haven't read having read over ninety of the hundred of each of those is a pretty pretty decent starting point. But but there's still holes to fill. And then I won't go. I won't list them. But there were quite a few uh, of the graphic novels that I hadn't read. There were sixteen out of fifty that I hadn't read. Um, and you can see them on the Patreon if you're a patron. But yeah, give it give it a try because every day until uh, Dece- until Christmas Day, we'll, you'll be you'll be regaled with a little uh, a little something like
1: this. That uh,
2: you know, sometimes comics focus, sometimes not. But uh, but just to get the uh, you know get the conversation rolling.
1: Nice. The Giffen T and M Beer Bomb um, Legion will break your brain. Heath. There's yeah. a, It's a lot of issues. Yeah. Yeah. But it's very good.
2: Well, of those, I mean. What would you, I mean, if if you guys could just tell me, like, all right, this is what you're reading, like, what would you would you pick one? If, I, I mean, I know you've entered not much of a DC guy anymore, but obviously you've read all this, I'm sure, so. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, I'll go with my head or my heart.
2: Go with your heart. You're more of a heart guy than a head guy.
1: You got to read Man of Steel. It's ridiculous okay. that you haven't read that yet. Yeah. And then I would read uh, Dangerous Habits, which is phenomenal. Yeah. That's
2: been getting, I, I feel like that's, of all the things in both lists, the, the Dangerous Habits has been getting there. Yeah, it's ridiculously most... good. Yeah. yeah. A lot of people have said, because they know I own the the Love and Rockets big box set now, they've all said that, like, kind of what you were leaving, like, like they definitely think that's the best of this stuff, but, like, I should start from the beginning. Yeah,
1: and... you're not going to have any context. It's yeah. not going to, yeah. it's going to mean nothing to you.
2: Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Dapt Manistu? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, Maybe be a I, my Christmas present to you. Maybe I'll read Man of Steel <laughs> this, this month.
0: Oh I, yeah, and I I'm, <laughs> uh, I'm a Barry Allen fan, so you know i I would definitely say the return of Barry Allen. Um,
2: <laughs> would you? I mean, would you guys say that? I mean, I, I guess it's funny. Like, I think of all the the uh in as much as like the cornerstone or pole Big two characters. I, w- I would dare say Flash is the one we've discussed the least on the show of, of like all the yeah over the years. You're we've right. we've re- I don't remember many Flash discussions over the years.
0: No, yeah.
2: Would you Dap? Would you say that that the Wade run is like? Do you like the Wade run over the Johns run, or do you, do you, do you have a different run that you prefer? I mean,
0: I I'm I'm more partial to Wade over Johns. I didn't read I didn't read a lot of um of the Wally run from whether it was Barron or Messner Loeb's and everybody beyond, um, Morrison and Miller. I didn't, I was also out of touch for a while there. So, um, I, I trust Wade. I I mean, John's obviously back then, uh, getting, getting acclimated with everything DC and, and, and rewriting a lot of the foundation between that. And, and of course Green Lantern rebirth and things like that. So, John's definitely has his hand in. It has a way of telling great stories with certain characters, but um, but my affinity for knowing how Wade treats the past, I'm 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 more partial to Wade. Yeah,
1: whatever. all right. Barry should have. Stayed. Oh no, you're
0: not Barry? Barry should have stayed. Down. I know he should have stayed. Oh, ba- of all of the, I mean, we we've had there have been some great sacrifices. over then Wade bring from... Wade Wade brought Barry Allen back, right?
2: Well, there's one of the runs r- one of the runs that I don't have that's listed here that I don't have haven't read is called The Return of Barry
0: Allen. Allen. Yeah, yeah, it was it was it was like a seven issue story. Um mm-hmm. but it 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 was also I liken that to um when Mars brought um Hal Jordan back for a few issues during the Kyle Rayner run, and it was it was like early rookie Green Lantern Hal Jordan. Oh, okay. And yeah. it was it, it wasn't like, you know, he was he was back like, like it was with, with, with John's bringing him back It was right. just it was John's brought him to the forefront yeah right yeah, yeah John's brought him back to life and made him what he is again but um no the uh it, it's when I mean we could have a whole list of you know heroes who sacrificed themselves and you know and I'm sure at the top there is like mimic and and Pharaoh lad but I mean what when, when uh what, what Barry did in in, in crisis <laughs> would <We, we> mimic <laughs> I you know. So, so I, say,
2: I own that issue. I actually own that. That I own like a, a slab copy of that. But uh, but, but I don't. <laughs> uh,
0: no, I I th- I mean Barry sacrifice. I I am you know because of when I started reading DC and who was of course the Flash because because I mean Wally is always Kid Flash. He was a Titan. That, that that's my dude. But um, Barry doing what he did. Uh, in in crisis was just i mean it it, i i could not have envisioned a better way for a character to go out and i do agree with vince i think that was that's that's like that's like gwen and and ben and it's just like listen they they, one of the greatest things about them is that yes they they died and and uh and 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 characters are better because of it but uh i don't um I, I I was I was content with with Barry being gone and and it was great because he was able to while well, he was able to to pick up the baton, no pun intended, and, and, and run with it, but it was um I, I I don't I I actually you know what, if if you do end up reading Return of Barry Allen, we'll we'll uh we'll go in on it together because I've never read it.
2: Oh, okay, cool. All right. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start. I think, I think I'm based on the feedback from y'all and, and the, the, the EOC community. Uh, I'm going to start with, uh, with the Man of Steel. Oh.
1: He'll hate it. Oh, my God. He will. He'll I, hate don't, it.
0: Oh, I don't know if he will.
1: I don't know if he will. He will. I'm optimistic. I'm optimistic. Nah, he's that evil, nasty gremlin that wants to nah, it, stick oh, his right. finger in yeah, the I birthday know, cake. No, because listen, no, so we know we
0: know we know why Jason does not like Superman. Because he's he's basically he's he's a character that can't exist, that wouldn't work in Marvel because they're more kind of like grounded in reality. But what Marvel what what Byrne did with Superman for the character for the reboot, it I think I think Jason will appreciate Byrne's take on Superman because he's not the yeah. all-powerful being that, that can move a planet. Right. Yeah.
1: Let's hope. That's my hope. Fingers crossed. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Right. Okay. What else you got, wow. friends? Well, I I, <laughs> I have my own image or rama
2: Look at you. Yeah. I
1: think we're probably talking about some things. Two, three of these came out today. One, Gee, of them, one of them, one of them, one of them came out last week, I think. Um, first off, it's a three issue mini series. So you should be reading this. It's by Andrew Cranky. I hope I pronounced that right. And it's called Bloodrick. It's, oh, un- it's only three issues. It's only three issues. Yes. Um, and this, the first issue is oversized. There's more pages and it's only, uh, blah blah blah. Three ninety nine. It the story is very slight, so there's not a. I mean, there's you read it, Depp? Yeah. Yeah. There's not a whole lot to get into. It's basically um, crafting or making real the character of Bloodrick for the reader, and Bloodrick is a massive, hulking barbarian that is armed to the teeth, but he in this first issue he's trudging through a desolate snow-filled landscape with nothing but an animal skin on his waist and a whole bunch of weapons um so lots of skin exposed and he's freezing and he's hungry and he keeps walking and walking (laughs) and he's just looking for someone something to eat and he's trying to to um, qu- you know quell that 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 need to consume something, so he Bloodrick it, 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 is basically one hundred percent ego. He thinks all of the woodland creatures exist for his sustenance. They th- they they live and breathe so that he can continue <laughs> to live and breathe, and uh, he he gets lucky and bags, uh, a buck, and he's cutting into it, and he's eating it, and the, uh, the smell of the, uh, the innards of the buck attracts a bear, and man, you talk about the power of Jack Kirby, um, Cranky must have learned something along the way, because when that bear enters the story, it is 100% pure energy. It's crazy. The panels get bigger. The action gets larger. Uh, the, the fur of the bear acts almost like speed lines on the page. And the, the talons of the bear separate the action into panel-like structures. It is amazing. But um, I guess I should describe Cranky's art. Because it's very immediate. Uh, it probably wasn't in the creative process, but the ap- actual application of the line looks effortless. It's rough, and it's it looks like he's putting about three hundred pounds of pressure on that pencil when he's dragging it across the page. Like it is very energetic. Think, I hate to say this because I'm not a huge fan of this person, but the exaggerated proportions of this artist, Bart Sears, is very close to what. Cranky does, but not in in the in the the sculpting stage. Not in the actual mark making part. I see. I yeah. see. I see a lot. of... I was going to say
2: Bart Sears, but like to me, there's some Batara in there.
1: Yeah, I see a lot of Simonson in the in the mm-hmm. designing sure. aspect of it, but yeah. it it's very. Um, I like me, it better than Sears for sure. Me too. Me too. Yes, mm-hmm. but I mean, just the heroic, massive proportion that Sears brings to his characters. Um, and I, I I see. I mean, a, a lot of things in here that I just love. Just the the way the 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 mark making looks pencilish. Um, I don't think there's a whole lot of inking in here. Maybe they, they maybe he did just do it with um, mostly pencil because there's a there's a, a transparent aspect to, to some of the the marks that, that look to me like pencil, but then there's a a darkness to some of the, the line work that makes me think that it was in fact inked. So who knows? It it's just a a, a neat little combination of of sketchiness and and just plain good drawing that I, I, I love this issue a lot. So um I won't say much about the backstory. Uh put it this way, it's Bloodrick versus a grouse. It's a short story, and it's absolutely perfect. It's a perfect little short story, so read it yourself the um, Andrew endeared himself to me immensely on the inside front cover because there's a bit of bloodrick backstory, and he says you know this this thing didn't just pop up overnight. I put ten years into this book uh ten years of uncertainty and and um, pausing and then. Uh Doing an ash can, and then uh at one point he he didn't have much to show for his creative investment over the ten year span. And he's just like, Fuck it, what's better I mean what's more sad than than nothing so no matter what I produce it's gonna be better than than nothing, so I might as well just do it, just get this story out and and he does, and um so i I'm assuming that the the main bloodrick story is part of that. 10 year process, and the backstory is new. So get your hands on Bloodrick. And it's funny, the the title graphics, Bloodrick, it's, it's you know, black metal type, uh, indecipherable typography. And below it, in parentheses, it says Bloodrick. <laughs> <laughs> um, not going to say much about this because it came out today and DAP didn't read it, but Petrolhead number two came out. Rob Williams and Pipar. Some of the things we were uh, uh, mulling over about the the reasons why are briefly exp- explained. So there's that, but it's just more super uh road action like the first issue. But the neat thing about it, and and this isn't a spoiler, it's it's a it's a, uh, something that I hoped will, will prompt you to actually buy this issue. Within Blood, uh, Bloodrick, my God, my brain is still there. Within Petrohead's car, he has a satellite navigation. Hmm. And the, the, the satellite navigation has an avatar. And his name is Satnav Sid, but he's, <laughs> he's, he speaks with a Cockney accent. <laughs> it is so cute it's a lot of fun um again the art is just blistering it is amazing man the, this this um pi is a guy to to watch um this is not the last we're going to hear from this person because this issue is just this this series so far is just amazing and um transformers 2 is in my stack but i'm not going to talk about that because i mean aside from the the dap cameo Three, three. It goes places, so I won't. I won't say, it. but read it, um, Daniel Warren Johnson. But the best thing in this in this stack was by Tony S. Daniel. Uh-huh. <laughs> Colors by Leonardo Pacciarotti. and it's Edenwood number two. When I love something, I I hope that it is uh, commercially. Uh, viable because I don't want it to go away right part of me doesn't really care what these books are selling at the big two because I know more or less that there's a lot of padding going on but even within the image model Tony Daniel is not going to keep producing this if he's losing money right so I hope that people will read this because I am 100% infatuated with this book And the thing that scares me is that Daniel is approaching this series old school. This book does not let up. There are events and concepts introduced every other page. More than I think should be introduced in a single issue. There's stuff in this second issue that he could have played out over the course of like 12 issues but he introduces everything fast and furious. And I'm like, how long can you sustain this? Like there's a novelty within the series. There's, there's something of novelty on every other page. And I'm like, that's a lot of creativity to be dumping into one issue. Like how much gas you got in the tank, dude, because like there are things I think you should hold back. Let, let a concept evolve over time, far be it from me to suggest, you know, make me buy more. But that's what I'm saying. Like, like Ryan, it, 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 there's a flashback with Ryan and Bastille, and you. So you get a little bit of more about their relationship. But then it also touches on some characters that were mentioned in the first issue, and then there's a there's the. the a witch queen that's again i don't want to be too specific because Dapp hasn't read this yet and i'm sure many of you haven't the 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 war between the witches and the demons is more fleshed out and there there seems to be these lost legends like tall tales of these lost legends that are exist somewhere and they could sway the battle for the witches and i mean there's characters introduced on the very last page there's four new characters introduced on the, like w- it's a lot of of stuff we get to meet one of the witches in depth there's there's a new um warrior for the the demons that's re- that's um fle- somewhat fleshed out and it's like crazy you get some backstory on how the United States, like the, the state of the the Union, so to speak, like what's going on there? What are the, these army generals thinking about this war? It's, it's insane how much that he packs this issue with. And again, I said this on our Slack, Tony must have graduated uh, very highly from the Chris Claremont School of Writing because... <laughs> There's a lot of dialogue in this book, like a ton. Um, if you look at a double-page spread, you'll see a lot of balloons. Uh, I'm not going to count them because that's stupid. But there's a lot of talking in this book. And, and, and a lot of it is things we've yet to see. So it's crazy. I just, I want my man to pace himself. Because like Dap said, I think this is the most beautiful Tony has ever looked on, 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 on a page. I liked Noctara a lot. I thought that was a, um, a little bit of a ramp up from his usual. I shouldn't say that. I, I think he, he evolved, his visual style evolved with Noctara, and I think it, it's evolving even more with this book. I think it's absolutely gorgeous. So, um, Edenwood, if you're not reading it, run out and get it because I'm selfish. And I want it to continue. I want to see way, way more of this. That's my like, uh, am- my imagerana.
0: Did Leonardo color him in his previous works, or is this the first time
1: they're they're working together? Um. Yeah, I have a s- no. Tomio Mori uh, colored him on. That's uh, what I thought okay. on Noctera. Yeah, and I thought Noctera was really good. Uh, I like it. I mean, I didn't come for the snot snyder aspect i came for the tony daniel aspect and so in that respect i wasn't let down but it's a snyder book you know uh, yeah not a huge fan not i don't dismiss the guy offhand i mean he has written some stuff that i really enjoyed but for the most part scott Snyder's not the guy that's going to get me to pay the cover charge it's it's tony daniel so but jason already knows that It's your boo. I like them a lot. I really do. I've always liked them. It's true. Yeah. So it there you go. go with that. No, no. Well, we're in the thick of it. So we should uh, start backing up the minibus and saying, oh, shit. hey, yo, if Hello. you want to get your graphic novels, OGNs, omnibus edition, manga, anything with a thick ass spine, just go to cheapgraphicnovels.com cheapgraphicnovels.com and save. Because when you place that first order, you're going to get an email message that says, thank you. Respond to that email message. You have to. Because you will be gifted with free shipping on your next order. Mm -hmm. And check out our Patreon page. Patreon.com forward slash 11 o'clock comics. Audio, video, fanzine downloads. Sometimes for hours of bonus audio jason's kicking out videos like a madman you get to weigh in on the book of the month you get to join our dedicated slack channel and new things will be coming in 24 that will be more conducive for everybody we're just going to leave it like that more conducive for everyone to join how about that i forgot that part yeah uh I'm checking my list and seeing what I have left to talk about. And it uh, twice. um Bum Um, Yeah, I don't want to talk about that book because it was just okay. But I put it on my list anyway. Mm. Yeah, ride it arrived today. Guess what came out? Midnight Show number three. Colin That's Bunn, right. Brian Hurt, Bill Crabtree, Jim Campbell. You, you've heard us talk about this book. I really don't think it's a hard sell. It's, it's more of the same. Uh, Van Helsing in, is front and center in this one. So you said it was just okay? Not this. The book I'm not talking about. Oh, okay. About. I was going to say because I haven't read it yet. Oh. Okay. Yeah. No, no, no. This book was great. The one I, I, oh. I, yeah. Look at my list. You'll see. I and, see. uh, yeah. more monster action. Uh, Hurt, again. It seems like this, this is a nice, comfortable spot for Hurt because, I haven't seen him. This look look this good. I mean, I've seen him look great, but this is better than great. <laughs> this is really good. Um, it's it's creature on. Oh, this double page spread is amazing. Creature on creature action with Van Helsing um, in the lead. Frankie joins the party. Just read it. Monst uh, Midnight Show number three from Dark Horse. Hurt. <sighs> they're going crazy upstairs her Bon Crabtree Campbell buy it. They could have charged ten dollars for this and I would have gladly paid it And I would have let you buy my copy
0: In your travels um, for my DCO Rama uh, this book is just a lot of fun and I mean the cover is dripping with Kirby Crackle. This is Birds of Prey number four. I'm not going to go too deep into it. Uh, written by Kelly Thompson. Art by Leonardo Romero. colors by Jordi Belair. Shit's hitting the fan because our heroines are on the Mascara. And of course, they were doing this on down low so as not to alert Diana. Um, unfortunately, uh, that ship has sailed and there is a ton of action in this issue. Kelly, it's it's amazing how how she has a handle on on long standing DC characters in, in in such a short amount of issues is it's wonderful to read. I whether it's Diana's in her monologue or, or I'm sorry, Diana's in her monologue, whether it's Harley's comments, whether it's Barta talking to Cass, there's just there is there is a lot to enjoy in the series overall, but this fourth issue is uh, you're definitely getting a bang for your buck. Uh, the cover does not lie. I thought it might have because of how early in the issue um, the interaction between Barda and uh, between Big Barda and Wonder Woman is uh, plays out. Um, there's a double page spread which is. Amazing, and I'm curious to know where exactly Harley's eyes are looking. Um, but yeah, there's uh, the whole mission, um, the reason for the birds uh, heading to to Paradise Island to save Sin, uh, the things aren't exactly how they appear, what they seem, uh, continues into the fifth issue. But, uh, yeah, I think uh, this this may... I loved the third issue. This is very close to maybe toppling that as my favorite of the series so far. Um, but, no, the, the, this was a lot of fun. I, uh, I expect... I could see this. I don't want to say that now because it's only been four issues, but I can see this being on... Closkers in uh, in 2024 if uh if Kelly and company keep this momentum going. Uh this is just it's a fantastic issue. In your travels, definitely if you haven't yet, you now have four issues to read Birds of Prey by Thompson, Romero, and Belair.
2: That is the next thing on my list to read. Sweet. Yeah, it's been great so far. Kelly be killing it. Yes. Thompson and the Hails. <laughs> Vince, I know you're a fan of Philippe Druet. Hell yeah. Yep. Did you know that he that there is a uh there is an award named after him that is given out every year at Angouleme? The of course the French Comic Festival. It is the Philippe Druet Prize and it is rewarded every year at Angouleme to a graphic novel. And this year's winner was a book called The Cliff, which is written and drawn by, I'm probably getting the name wrong, but it's uh, Manon Debaye, D-E-B-A-Y-E, written and drawn. Uh, Our friends at Drawn and Quarterly translated it from the French to the English and brought it over here, and uh, I'm damn sure glad that they did. Um, It is a stunning piece of work. Uh, It certainly can understand why it won an award. It is, um, the aforementioned cliff is refers to a giant overlook, uh, in this town. Um, a cliff that's, you know, high enough that if you jump off it, you're going to die. And, uh, the book opens with, uh, two high school girls, Charlie and Astrid, uh, meeting up at the cliff and cutting their hands open and making a blood pact that they will, hand-in-hand hand, jump off the cliff and commit suicide uh, that Friday before they turn 13. They're both 12 year old girls. Um, and this is on a Monday. And then the, the book is essentially that week uh, before they, uh, they have their pact to kill themselves. It's uh needless to say, it's, it's heady stuff. Obviously this is not, uh, this is not uh feel good uh, comedy uh, type of work. This is pr- pretty powerful stuff, but but they they make this pact and then we we see them over that week in school and their home lives. And uh, and it's just incredibly uh, well crafted. It, it's Astrid is this uh, wispy blonde, very much a um, introvert and has no friends at all, like none. Like she's kind of the very bottom of the social circle Um in fact, one of the bullies at one point says, "Like she's such an she's such a outcast. Even the nerds don't want to hang out with her." Type of thing. Um, whereas Charlie is the tomboy. She's very tough. In fact, she's probably tougher than any of the boys at school. And for that reason, she's not uh, made fun of. In fact, she's kind of part of the the bully crew. Um, nobody messes with her. But she's still an outcast because she's very masculine. And um, and although her her friends in the school don't know it, she's a lesbian and dealing with her sexuality and all this sort of stuff. And they, and, and Astrid and, and Charlie become friends and they make this pact. And, uh, and we see what happens over the course of the week, their interactions with each other, their interactions, with their family, their interactions with their friends or other really not friends, but other classmates. And uh, of course we get to the pinnacle, the moment, the moment of truth as it were. And, uh, and I'll le- I'll leave it be as to what happens there, but it's not, it's, it's, let's just say the pact is not fulfilled in the way that it was intended. And, um, it was pretty. It was pretty amazing stuff. I mean, you know, as, as a as a father of three, well, I guess two teenage boys now and one twenty year old, it's a stunning reminder of the cruelty of that age, right? Like that is, I always said, like middle school is probably the cruellest age of humanity, right? Like everybody's just pretty much desperate to fit in, and and one of the ways they do that because they're immature still is they make everybody else that doesn't quite fit in feel worse about themselves. And that's a lot of what this book is about. Um, from a visual standpoint, it's uh, it's a pe- it's it's all pencil. It's colored pencils, um, which is kind of nice because we don't see that very often. And uh, like the line work itself, it's the characters to me look a lot like American traditional tattoo pinups done well. Like, um, so if you're a tattoo fan, you're going to know what I'm talking about. If you're not, maybe you have to Google it. But like, Single line weight, very simple eyes, one simple like curvy line for a nose and two little black lines for lips. So like definitely not like any kind of intense line work to evoke the faces, but done in a way that it still works really well. And then a very flat, but like, but, but varied color palette that brings it to life. Um, But yeah, I was really blown away by it. I mean, there's some we talked about sort of word smithing and word crafting. I mean, there's some things that just like punch you in the gut. And I'm sure if you were, if you're a person of that age, you'd read it and probably find something from it. And more, more for my sake, if you're a parent, you're like, wow, like at one point, the two kids are uh, hanging out and, and talking about things. And, and the one asks, uh, what would you have, what would you have become? Like meaning if they didn't kill themselves and it's like, they have a conversation about that. And then like, in another point, you know, uh charlie is like forced into because of her crew to like be totally cruel to astrid because their friendship is hidden and like she just does like some horrifying shit to astrid and you're like god damn like it's just gut punching um so yeah not again not a, a happy feel good book but a really really well done powerful book um so drawn in quarterly
1: the cliff in your travels And there you go, people. Yeah, thank you. Upstairs. Hope you loved it. (laughs) What are they doing up there? Are they playing beer pong? No, they're eating. They're doing something. They went to Christmas Ah. bingo. We Ah. hope that you come back next time. In the meantime, go to a comic shop, buy some book, read them, love them, talk about them, whether with your friends or online, and then come back here because we'll probably be talking about the same things. Mm Mm-hmm. Say good night. What's his name again?
2: Bjorn? Well, just ask, just ask Optimus Prime. Oh yeah,
1: there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I have to admit, I, I'm not a jealous person, but I was like, the fuck. I, <laughs> I, I want, I want well, a like license
2: plate. I mean, he's Mister Transformers of the three of us. I mean, exactly,
1: but. To be a like, light. if this is
2: a Star Trek comic, you know your name would be in it. Be of in it. course.
1: N- or, no, Sherlock Holmes. I'd be in there.
2: And obviously, a Doctor Who would be me. Be
1: exactly. <laughs> what Tardis? David. <sighs> Dude, I remember... Right? I remember the time... Yeah, every Tardis. retarded. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Of course I do. My like, greatest hits reel. Yeah. Real. Yeah, right, right question. under. I'm pissing, bro, or whatever you said. <laughs> yeah,
2: there I'm going go. to see Godzilla minus one tomorrow. Please. I'm jealous. Please. Stay jealous again. Heard nothing about, but great
1: things about it. David, very nice. Yeah, I got to get my ass. I hope it's playing somewhere local. I, I haven't even checked because I you automatically I, mean? uh, I assumed hmm? that it's not. I'm stunned. You just know, got a 97% Rotten Tomatoes rating.
2: It's Godzilla movie I think That's
1: it got crazy. Best Picture or something in Japan or it's it's doing ridiculous box office yeah pretty awesome yeah. Um, I really and, want to
2: see the Miyazaki movie too in the theater but uh, I can't get any of my family to want to go see that because I I clearly did something wrong with the way I raised them no. wow <laughs> but that'll be on Mac soon enough so I can wait for that one I think. yeah
1: All right, everybody, we love you so much, and we're out of here, and they are going to repeat what I just said right now.
2: We do love you so much, and we are out of here, and let's see you on the other spots that you can find us. Let's see you on the Slack. Let's see you responding to our Patreon. Let's do it. Come on. Do it. Yep. Merry Christmas to all of us. That's
0: it for that one.